Hey there, I am Sister Catherine Herms, the author of Surviving Depression and Reclaim Regret, How God Heals Life's Disappointments, as well as Adjust a Minute Meditations for Inner Peace and Deeper Trust. And I'm here today with Jeanette. And, and we're going to be talking about... We're going to be talking about taking your spiritual temperature. You know, when you're not feeling well, in life you take your physical temperature and a lot of people recently have been talking about feeling some spiritual malaise so I thought it'd be great to have a conversation about just that taking your spiritual temperature so it's super to be here today with you Jeanette and also with you all to spend the next few moments reflecting on this wonderful topic as we are beginning Lent well, it's especially great to do in Lent because it, it's what a lot of people do anyway. You know, you're talking about thinking about, um, am I being devotional enough? Do I pray enough? Should I add some prayer in? Should I go to Mass extra? All these things are questions that we think of in Lent anyway. And they're really important decisions that we make about our lives. We, we kind of all joke about the chocolate in Lent. There is the traditional, I will not eat chocolate for the rest of Lent. So that I can lose four pounds. <laughs> <laughs> but actually, I think all of us are, are really led forward by this deeper desire for spiritual growth, spiritual right. health, right. spiritual maturity. And I think a lot of this spiritual temperature taking that happens at the beginning of Lent, which kind of shows to our resolutions, our decisions, um, it's all about really that deeper desire. Absolutely. And it's kind of looking at a baseline. Where am I right now? And where do I want to be? What do I want to have felt by the end of Lent? What kind of person do I want to be going into Easter? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and sometimes, as you said about the chocolate, it can be about, I need to lose four pounds. Or even deeper, it could be, I, I you know, I need to be this type of a Christian, or I don't like the way I am, and I want to appear this other way. And spiritual temperature taking is really about what is really going on deeper than those um, decisions to become better appearing because those, <laughs> on are the really, surface. those are really all about me i want yes. to be a better christian i want to lose four pounds mm-hmm. i want people to look at me and think how wonderful i am that's yes. all about me and really the point of lent and holy week and easter is for it to not be about me right 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 so going back to the idea of spiritual temperature taking mm-hmm. When I go to take my temperature, there's usually a reason. There are I don't symptoms. just take it for. There are exactly, symptoms. Exactly, there are yes. symptoms. So, what are some of the symptoms that that are um, that are around today in in Christians that might lead them to see a deeper reason why they want to take their spiritual temperature to pull out that thermometer this mm-hmm. Lent? Mm-hmm. Well, I think this year in particular, and I think probably one could say that about a lot of different years. But the one that we're experiencing now, um, I'm seeing a lot of people who are have some very strong feelings, strong feelings of anger, um, feeling uncertain about the future, feeling afraid, feeling disillusioned. Um, finding it's a, it's like a general malaise. Absolutely. This general malaise. You don't know what's going to happen right. in the future. You don't quite know what's going to be happening tomorrow. 
yeah. um, in the world, uh, there you feel kind of um, powerless. You're stuck. You're really very stuck there. Yeah. And when things are changing so quickly, and the news that's coming out in various channels every is day. changing every day, mm-hmm. it can make you feel uh, really down, really depressed. And that's, I think that's true for everyone. I think that's on a sort of societal level as well as a personal mm-hmm. one. But to go back to a personal one, um, if we put that in the context of us as Catholics, mm-hmm. um, that really is telling us something even deeper than just, oh, I'm angry about what's going on in the world. No, that there's there's more than that because in some ways as Catholics, when we allow that kind of disillusionment and anger and fear to enter our lives, we're opening the door to something that's really a very negative force. Mm-hmm. And I've, I've heard people say they just can't pray anymore. Exactly. There's this level of distrust mm-hmm. that that really is affecting people's spiritual lives. And not that I think they make a decision out of it. No. It's just this beginning of disintegration or falling apart of something that meant so much to them that was such a comfort and a strength. But at this point, something seems to be happening that they no longer can really trust in that to be there for them. And and the world isn't helping. You hear people saying, how can you believe in God when so many terrible things are happening? Yes. Normally, we always have an answer for that, but I think these days it's becoming more and more difficult Mm -hmm. to bring that answer to the Mm -hmm. fore because you're also wondering, who do I trust? Do I trust a Mm -hmm. God Mm -hmm. in all of this? So Mm -hmm. I think that that really Mm -hmm. talking about how these realities affect us, Mm -hmm. not just as people, but as Catholics, is really Mm -hmm. important. And we feel put on the spot sometimes to have to defend our choices or mm-hmm. our religious um, our religious beliefs, uh, beliefs devotion, mm-hmm. decisions, the communities we belong to. Um, so if we don't trust God maybe the way we used to before, we can find it sometimes meaningless to go to Mass, um, well, easier to skip going to Mass. That's exactly We have it. all the reason why we shouldn't have to go to Mass. Mm-hmm. Um, things start to unravel. Yeah, I hear a lot of people saying they worry a lot about their children's future, that they're mm-hmm. not necessarily mm-hmm. trusting in the mm-hmm. same way that they used to, mm-hmm. um, about what's going to happen once they die and their, mm-hmm. and their children and their grandchildren mm-hmm. move on. Mm-hmm. Um, but the other thing is there's just a feeling of such inadequacy and helplessness. And you go to Mass or you mm-hmm. go and sit in the church and you turn to God and there's silence. Yeah. And people feel like morally and spiritually exhausted. Exactly. Because you're wondering... Am I praying incorrectly? Um, is it me? Have I done something? Right. Where is this voice of God that that connected with me in such a beautiful way before? Mm-hmm. And right now it's not there. And I want to come back to something you just said earlier about the news. And, and for me, that, that there's this disconnect between the kind of spiritual life that we have where you can go and you can sit for an hour and you can be in prayer or meditation and you come out and foreborn news things have come up in that one hour you're in church Mm -hmm. there's this speed of things coming at us that Mm -hmm. we don't really have time not just to assimilate 
psychologically, but to assimilate spiritually. You feel like you come out of church, you hear the news, you want to go right back in because there, everything has changed. And, and you don't know how much of that news is true. Exactly. You don't know yeah. where the facts really are. Yeah. And for me personally, that can be such a, um, a difficult thing because it's not only that you're left with um, a, a terrible thing that may be reported in the news, you don't even know if it's real mm-hmm. or what parts of it are real or how much spin has been put on it. And so when there's this presence of lies, that affects us in a very profound way. We're in the does. presence of something that's really not good sometimes. Mm-hmm. And and one of the one of the things that I've been thinking about lately, and I know you and I have been talking about it, is that this part of it, obviously the news cycle and, and, and so on is is new to our generation. But um, if we read Ignatius, for example, mm-hmm. St. Ignatius, there's always been this sort of cycle of faith of, I really believe today, and oh, tomorrow, you, you know, then you, it's sort of like you go up on this mountain and you come down again, and, it, and, it, and, and there's mm-hmm. this sense of it not always being steady. And he mm-hmm. talks about that some, which gives me some, some faith and hope because we're not mm-hmm. the first ones to experience mm-hmm. that. He uses the image of waves. Right, exactly. Waves. Yes. A lot of times, um, I used to think like the spiritual life should be one straight line. Right. There's a quote from um, John Vianney: "Go straight to God like a cannonball." Well, a cannonball's got to go straight. <laughs> it doesn't <laughs> waver to the right or to the left. It just goes. And uh, you know, so I had this idea that it was just one straight line, and you Wouldn't kept going be nice? and got better Wouldn't and better be nice? all the way. <laughs> um, you know, progress is supposed mm-hmm. to be like that. Science progress there's this promise that everything will progress and get better and better and better and that un, un, unwittingly gets uh, applied to the spiritual life but Ignatius he speaks of our spiritual life as something that happens in waves right. and it it goes up and it goes down in valleys it goes up and it goes down and he even has a whole spiritual um, instructing on how to live in the ups and how to live in the downs. Well, let's talk some about that because I I know that that St. Ignatius has some very specific language around it, but I think that that's exactly the core of what we need to do to respond once we've taken our spiritual temperature and found maybe that it's not doing so great, that maybe it's, you know, a little too high um, to to, to use the analogy, but but, um, to look at, at sort of these two areas of being up on the top of the wave and then being down in the valley um, as spiritual desolation and spiritual consolation. Mm-hmm. Well, for one thing, spiritual consolation being on the higher part of the wave, when that happens, you all can recognize this, we we experience ourselves as being close to God or that God is close to us. There is a sense of God's presence. There is a sense of being held um, and loved by him. So it could happen that you go in, maybe you make the hour of adoration, Eucharistic adoration in your parish, 
and you you go for this hour and it's just so beautiful and you, you feel warm you feel warm you feel like reaching out to others and goodness yes. and kindness and yeah you come and, out and there's there's something you want to be right. something has shifted inside of you it's a beautiful experience and you feel and you feel certainty you go mm-hmm. in and you come out with this sort of certainty of the top of the wave where you felt close to god you mm-hmm. felt god reach you and mm-hmm. Um, and everything really, everything else can take a second, a second seat yeah. to it because it is what's happening to you. Right. It's almost like an inner vision. Right. Well, not a vision, but you have this inner vision mm-hmm. of what's true yes. and what's real. It's, it's yes. a sense of balance and inspiration. Um, and you see where God is active in your life right. or in the world. There's you, you read a psalm, you read something from scriptures, and you begin, it's almost like um, an eye gets opened, or a mm-hmm. door or window gets opened. And at that place, you begin to, to see how God is active in this world. It releases almost a new energy in it us. It does, it does. A new energy for beauty and goodness and truth. And it's both a state of being and a feeling. And I think the problem mm-hmm. is, that we get carried away with the feeling part mm-hmm. that it's almost a high you know you see, everything is wonderful i feel in love with god everything is good and the reality mm-hmm. is as we all know you can't stay in a feeling mm-hmm. like that and we mistake the feeling then for the reality of god's presence in our lives yes because we can have a spiritually uh spiritually consoling experience even when we're sad Right. Even when things are difficult, even when we have to make a difficult decision. And in that space, spiritual consolation may look like um, a, a deeper trust, a deeper awareness of God being beside you and walking and carrying his cross with you. There's this deeper sense of peace. And I think what you bring up is a really powerful thing because we can mistake the excitement of something great and wonderful for spiritual consolations. Right. So we have this bubbly feeling and Kumbaya. things are going Kumbaya. right. Kumbaya. This bubbly feeling of excitement and joy and happiness. But when you when you press below all the bubbles, there is this emptiness. So spiritual consolation is that place where the joy is actually being generated, the warmth the the connecting connecting with God is being generated by his presence and our desire willingness and love to be in that presence and to believe in that presence no matter what is happening and on the other hand there are the moments when we're down at the bottom of the wave and that we are mm-hmm. in a sense of spiritual mm-hmm. desolation mm-hmm. which is i think what a lot of people may be confusing their feelings right now mm-hmm. um, for desolation, mm-hmm. which isn't mm-hmm. quite the same thing. I mean, I think one of the things that you need to to think about when you're when you're looking at the two of them is that desolation is always going to be isolating. Mm-hmm. That it's going to isolate you from God. It's going to isolate you from other mm-hmm. people and your community. But it's also going to isolate you from your truest best self. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, so there's a difference between spiritual desolation right. and desolation. Right, and emotional yes. desolation, yes. for sure. So I can be really depressed about what's happening right. in the world or in my life right now. Um, and 
I, it could just be a depression. I could mm-hmm. still be living in faith and trust. I could still believe that God is near me no matter what happens, and yet be psychologically depressed. Right. I think... And, and you wrote a book about it, so we, we yeah. know you know. <laughs> but I think part of what may be kind of happening in the world today is that it's a little more than that. We we are right. we are almost living through this spiritual um, dark night of the soul, which Fair does much. show in these psychological, um, physical, um, uh, mental, ex- emotional experiences of depression, of discouragement, of, of to powerlessness, up. of wanting to give up. But there's this other angle of it, which is almost a little sinister where there's a little voice inside of us that's saying, God isn't here anymore. Mm-hmm. Nothing you can do can make a difference. Um, it doesn't bother. There's no bother reason to pray right now. God doesn't love me. God won't help me. You know, so there's that bringing together of, of God is distant and does not love me together with the experiences that are just desolating and depressing right right. so so he also has in his spiritual instructions you can find these in the spiritual exercises we're back to St. Ignatius here yeah yes he has like so what do you do when you're on the top in consolation fortunately he gives us directions he gives us directions he's very clear yes (laughs) So in desolation, Ignatius says, first and foremost and always, tell God how you feel and ask for help. And that can be really difficult for us. Yeah, to speak Um, directly to God. And say, I can't do this alone. I really need you. Um, This is how I feel. I feel like you don't exist. I feel like you're not alive in the world. You can tell God any of those terrible things that you're thinking. And and that's so different from God doesn't love me. God is not here. It's saying, I need need you. You are not here. I cannot find you. Right. So you're reestablishing connection Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. I, I love the idea, too, that he tells you to, to go and speak with someone. Mm-hmm. So we can seek out a friend, a spiritual director, um, if we have a counselor that we can trust, a parent, whoever that might be. Um, when we kind of expose what the evil spirits are generating within mm-hmm. us, they're like 50% uh, less powerful. Right. We we bring them to the light, and they no longer have the power over us that they have had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that that's really consonant with the New Testament, which is constantly saying that you're not a Christian in isolation. Mm-hmm. You are part of a community mm-hmm. of faith, mm-hmm. and to go and close yourself in your room. Um, may from time to time be a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. But in general, you are part of this community of faith Mm -hmm. that is there to uphold you as you are there to uphold them. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really important Mm -hmm. that Ignatius is saying that, that it's not just about going to God and saying, help me, help me, but it's also turning to others Mm -hmm. and saying, help me. I need need my community right now. Yeah. And also when we're in that space of spiritual desolation, we can isolate ourselves, and we exactly. tend to want to make decisions that are that contrary. Are usually bad decisions. Yeah, <laughs> that are contrary to what we may have resolved, decided, 
in spaces where we felt God's presence. So if you think back to a time when you felt God's presence and you and you said to God, you know, I I love you and I really want to um, develop a more prayerful and trustful life in you. And you felt called maybe to go to Mass on Sunday or to say a prayer when the morning began. Um, when you're in a state of spiritual desolation, your decisions are going to Never be Never mind. I'm not going to go to Mass. I'm not going to pray anymore. And those decisions are usually right. not inspired by God. Exactly. exactly. So we kind of have to stand still, talk to someone, get a little help, and remember what has been our inner map. Right. And I, I think journaling is so powerful in whatever way you want to do it. Sister because, likes bullet journals, but you can do it differently. <laughs> <laughs> because it reminds mm-hmm. you of your inner path when you're in that bottom of the waves, mm-hmm. in the space, state of spiritual desolation. When you're in that space, um, a journal can remind you of right. the inner map that you and God are working out together. And and just as Sister really likes journaling and, and bullet journals, one of the things I like to do is visualization mm-hmm. um, because I think that visualizing something um, mm-hmm. can help push you toward making it a mm-hmm. reality. Um, so my the way I'm, I'm, I'm taking up Ignatius here is when you're in that desolation to visualize what it was like when you were in consolation, mm-hmm. to go back to that in your imagination, mm-hmm. to remember it, not just as a mental thing, but really try to visualize and with all your senses, go back to that. And, and that helps your whole body in a sense with muscle memory and, 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 and your brain and your soul and your heart to um, really reincorporate that sense. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That is so powerful. You know, even as we go back at any point and we can remember a time when we really felt God's presence and right. we tell God or Jesus or the Holy Spirit how much we appreciate that other moment, we will begin to experience a new um, that all everything that surrounded that moment of presence right. in a new way. Um, another another little trick or another little piece of advice. Another piece of advice. Right, yes. Yes. Is is to look around for someone else who needs your help. Which goes back to our me 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 thing for Lent. It's all about me. Um, this is not all about me. This is also about someone else. And as we said that um, there is this general malaise, this general struggle where where everybody in their own way is trying to find their way really in a change of epic. There's a tremendous change afoot in the whole world. Everybody in their own way is struggling. So turning around and looking for someone else that we can reach out to and maybe share something that has worked for us, take them out to coffee or whatever might help, um, that also begins to shift something within us. And then, of course, the last bit of advice is to go back to number one, which was tell God how you feel and ask for help. Don't do it just once. Do it all throughout. Do it every day. Mm -hmm. Um, Do it several times a day if you need to. Just go there and keep bringing it 
because the more you isolate yourself from God, the longer this desolation is going to last. Mm -hmm. The Mm -hmm. best thing you can do is just keep bringing it, even if you're frustrated, even if you're embarrassed by what you're feeling Mm -hmm. or ashamed of what you're feeling, which can happen, Mm -hmm. to just keep bringing it to God, whether you do it directly to God or whether you go to to confession, to just keep getting it out um, because God is listening. Mm. So what I'm thinking, Jeanette, is that the way to prepare for these times of spiritual desolation actually occurs in the moments of spiritual consolation. When we're riding on the top of the wave, you know, when we're praying and we feel warm, we feel God's presence, we feel safe, we feel protected, that is the moment to actually begin preparing for the times that will come when we won't feel those. And we don't always feel those for many reasons. Some are just part of the spiritual Mm -hmm. development. God wants us to love him and not the feelings we get from being around him. So as we see all through scripture, he will take the feelings away. But it never means that he has gone away. And even in, in some lives, God comes closer. And in those moments when God comes closer to us, we begin to see things about ourselves that we did not see before. And we feel farther away. It's like when you take a big flashlight down into the basement that you haven't been into for a year, and you discover oh, there is more to my house than all this nice stuff I had on the first floor and the second floor. And so that's discouraging. I have to clean it up and et cetera, et cetera. But but the beautiful thing is as God comes close and we see these things about ourselves, it's only because the Holy Spirit is already active in purifying, cleaning, consoling, and drawing us into this state of union because otherwise we'd look at the basement we'd say so what we wouldn't say i need to clean we say so what i don't ever (laughs) go down there i don't have to look i don't have to know right right and the holy spirit is saying you do have to know Mm -hmm. but we can work on it together and the holy spirit is there picking up the mop along with us right that's such a beautiful image so in moments of consolation some of the things you can do is to, you know, those ener- that energy that comes from those beautiful moments of prayer and um, the sensing, that sensitivity to God's presence, is really to write down, to deepen um, those real profound desires of your soul and your life, of what you want for your life of union and companionship with God to be. To really, like... Like, like, write that down to, to make that into an inner map that you can go back to and remember. You can put in a journal, <laughs> as Sister <laughs> Catherine would say. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, also, and, and, and to get back to my visualization, mm-hmm. just to be so aware of the moments while you're in them because it's so mm-hmm. easy to let them go. You're experiencing mm-hmm. it. It's wonderful. And then it's mm-hmm. over. Instead, you need to, you need to be thinking about all right, how, how am I going to hold this in my heart and my mind for the future? How mm-hmm. am I going to be able to essentially on a rainy day, on a spiritually rainy day, mm-hmm. come back to this mm-hmm. and have this moment 
enlighten mm-hmm. me and console me. Mm-hmm. And the way that you do that is by really being conscious of I am in this wonderful space now mm-hmm. and it's beautiful mm-hmm. and let me keep it. Yeah, yeah. It's almost like Jesus, show me where you are right now. Yes. And um, what is that? When those moments come, we feel things even on a physical level. Mm -hmm. You know, our bodies uh, feel the presence of God, the warmth, the joy, and we feel it in our heart. Um, Our thoughts reflect it. We feel it on every level of our being, a full texture of that experience. And so just writing all of that down or um, committing it to our imagination so we can return to it Mm -hmm. is a very powerful experience. Mm -hmm. But also even at that moment to talk to God, to talk to Jesus and um, and tell them this is what I appreciate about Mm -hmm. this moment. Mm -hmm. And this is what I appreciate about you in my life. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes, exactly. And and just as in desolation, Ignatius really, really emphasizes um, telling God how you feel and asking for help. In consolation, you also Mm -hmm. want to tell God how you feel. And instead of asking for help, you want to show gratitude and say thank Mm -hmm. you. Mm -hmm. So right now, I am feeling so loved and so warm and and so cared for. And I just want to say thank you for that. Mm -hmm. Um, To just keep that dialogue going. Because it's really easy to turn to someone um, when things are bad and help, 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 help. And Mm -hmm. now things are good, so... I'm on my own and you're Mm -hmm. not, you're never, ever. And I think that's the bottom line to all Mm -hmm. of this Mm -hmm. is that we are never, ever on our own. Even when we feel like we are, Mm -hmm. um, God Mm -hmm. is still there. God is still reaching to us. Mm -hmm. I think spiritual consolation also brings clarity. Mm -hmm. You know, it's in times of spiritual desolation that we hear these these voices. I'm, I'm inadequate to address these problems on my own. God doesn't care about me. I'm exhausted. There's no hope for me. So in moments of spiritual consolation, all of a sudden there's a shift. And those voices are kind of shifted to the background. And the clarity that comes is something really important to write down. God is with me. There is a way through this. And now I see I need to do X, Y, and Z or so-and-so can help me. So to really document, in a sense, those moments of clarity, yeah. new ideas, inspiration, balance. Take some post-it notes mm. and put them around your house. God loves you. It's pretty simple. It's pretty direct, mm-hmm. but it's a good reminder. Put it next to your bed. Mm-hmm. Um, put little post-it notes that remind you that you are loved, you are in God's mm-hmm. hands, mm-hmm. always, no matter what's going on outside mm-hmm. or inside for that matter. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I think this is a good place to stop. I think in our next presentation, our next conversation together, mm-hmm. we're going to be actually adding on, or going deeper mm-hmm. into this conversation of, of really beginning to tease out these voices that right. we have within us and how we can find a way forward to intentionally live in the good spirits, the voices of the good spirits. Um, But I also do want to say before we we close this one out, that if this is something that appeals to you, 
or is interesting to you, um, reading about St. Ignatius or reading indeed some of St. Ignatius' work um, might be something you want to take on this Lent. Um, often we look for a spiritual reading during Lent and that might be a place for people to start. Very good, very good. Well, thank you, Jeanette, for this conversation. It's been a pleasure, Energetic as ever. And if you'd like more, I invite you to find my Facebook group, Sister Catherine Herms, and it's a private Facebook group that you can join where we have more of these conversations. And also, you can become a member of my Patreon account, and there's a lot of other resources there that are available to you. So may you have a blessed day. God bless. God bless and you all. we'll see you soon.